from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Tuesday, March 19th, 2019. And we are uh, not that far away from a big moment in uh, the world of runners, and that is the Boston Marathon. I have always wanted to have a runner on the show. I think it's a fascinating thing that I... um, have never really covered in the 11 and a half years of teeing it up. So I'm honored to welcome my good friend who is running the Boston Marathon this year, Catherine, to teeing it up. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm it, really excited to be here. It is my pleasure to have you on. So what's the backstory here? Why run the Boston Marathon? Boston after college. Um, So I've been here for nine years, and walking the Boston Marathon that first year I was here, that was the first time I had really ever seen a marathon. Um, And for those of you who maybe are listening and not from Massachusetts, um, they run the Boston Marathon on Patriots Day, which is the third Monday in April, and Patriots Day um, commemorates the battles of Lexington and Concord, which kind of kicked off the Revolutionary War. So growing up in Connecticut, I had no idea what it was, but so many people in Massachusetts have the day off, and everyone kind of goes to watch the marathon. Um, So Jeremy, have you ever watched a marathon or seen anyone running it? I have never in person. It is unreal. You could cry tears of joy for everyone crossing the finish line. Everyone is cheering them on. It's just really an inspiring thing to watch. And so after being in Boston for almost now, I always watched it and I was like, I could, why not me? I can run that someday. So it's kind of been on my bucket list for um, a little while. And if I was going to run a marathon, I wanted it to be Boston because the city has really become home to me, and the Boston Marathon is one of the top marathons in the world, so I thought, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. Um, what, um, oh, 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 sorry, go ahead, Catherine. Well, the one problem with that was that I was going to say is me, along with everyone else in the world, wants to run the Boston Marathon, <laughs> because Um, we, we will get more into your training later in the podcast, but just right now, just off the top, were you a runner in general? No, not at all. Okay. So I grew up being a swimmer, so nothing on land, pretty much. <laughs> and before starting my training, um, the most that I had ever done was a 10K, which is 6.2 miles. That is so a... it's a pretty big jump. And because Boston, so many people want to run Boston. Qualifying for it is incredibly hard. So most of the runners end up running for charity bids. Yeah, so that's a perfect teaser, by the way, for the back half of the podcast, which will be about your personal journey, training, and getting ready for uh, the Boston Marathon, which is April 15th uh, this year. But let's talk about why you're running because one of the one of the other reasons why I wanted to have you on um, is that 
when you run for a charity, it's almost as if, from what people have told me, it's almost as if you have a dual purpose. There's the there's the self quest, right? There's your bucket list of wanting to run the marathon, and then you're running for a higher purpose or for somebody else. So tell the folks out there what your higher purpose is. Absolutely. So I'm very proud to be running um, on the Dana Farber Cancer Cancer Institute team. It's called the Dana Farber Marathon Challenge, and Dana Farber is a world-renowned cancer hospital that is up in Boston, Um, and it's super meaningful to me because my mom was diagnosed with cancer when I was 15, um, and she was treated for a while uh, near my home in Connecticut, and she became a Dana-Farber patient in 2011 when she received a stem cell transplant up here, so she's been a Dana-Farber patient since 2011. And I've always wanted, I wanted to run the Boston Marathon, and if I was going to do it, I was going to do it on the Dana-Farber team. And I'm not sure if you saw any coverage of the 2018 marathon, but the weather was horrible. Yeah. It was downpouring. It was about 30 degrees. There were super, super strong winds. So I kind of thought to myself, okay, well, there's no way the weather can be that bad two years in a row. (laughs) So I figured right after that, psyched myself up for it. And this was the year that I applied to run for Dana-Farber. And my application got accepted. So my fundraising goal is $10,000. And I'm really, really proud to be on the Dana-Farber team. Um, And you can shout it out. Feel free. Shout out the, uh, all the information. So if anybody listening wants to donate to my page, I'm super close to my $10,000 goal. You can go to danafarber.jimmyfund.org slash go to slash Catherine underscore Magnoli. And that is Catherine with a R-Y-N. There are multiple. K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Yes. And I will put that link in the biography section of this, uh, or sorry, uh, the the um, sorry, the episode description of this podcast, so that people can find it and uh, link to it that way as well. Um, no, my my pleasure. I'm talking to to my good friend Catherine about running the Boston Marathon here in just under a month. Um, today is the 19th, so it was literally four days less than a month. Um, as you go about this process, you then find out, okay, I'm accepted. And you've got, I assume, a teammates. Do you train together? Do you talk to each other? Do you motivate each other? Are you together on a fundraising goal? How, how does this all work? And, and how can you act as a support system for each other? Because 26.2 miles is a daunting task for one person. But I would have to imagine it's better when you've got other people to support you. Been so helpful that I don't know that I could have done this without the team. So the Boston Athletic Association, which is what puts on the marathon, um, most of the runners are running for charities. So some small, some charities might get ten bids, some charities might get twenty bids. Dana Farber is one of the organizations that gets by far the most bids. So they get about five hundred. So I'm technically on a team. Um, of 500 people, but not all of these people are in Boston. When we've had team meetings before, I think they say six 
continents. There are people from six continents on the Dana Farber team. Wow. But Dana Farber has been so great. Um, they've had social events. They put together group runs every Saturday. So for the people who have never done this before, like me, you're running with people, and it's so much easier to run that distance when you have someone to talk with. And I've actually said that my best my best running skill is actually my conversational ability. I think that's really what I'm bringing to the team. Um, I've had a group of I've made a group of friends through this, and every week we say, okay. What are the conversations going to be on this Saturday's run? Don't don't say anything. Don't talk to anyone until we see each other. Um, and can I just shout out that the people that I've become friends with are so unbelievable. One girl that I run with, um, she lost her dad to cancer this November. And there are so many people that I've met on the team that have similar stories. And there are volunteers on the long run who are handing out water to us and handing out snacks who have been through so much and they are so unbelievably inspiring and it's so motivating because you think, you know what, if they're up and they're out of bed and they're doing this, I can be too. And running this distance doesn't seem as hard compared to some of the stuff that my teammates have gone through and it's just, they're so inspiring. And also what your mom has gone through and obviously, you know, that's... I try to channel her strength, and I try to channel everyone, and I, I send out the strength to them, and I hope that I get it back. That's amazing, and uh, and uh, God bless all of you people, um, the 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 runners, the, the supporters, the non-runners, everybody involved um, with this, because it's an amazing initiative to push people like you who had never done this before into such a unique situation, um, which is now wanting to run, wanting to do this bucket list and wanting to run for a higher purpose to ultimately cure this heinous, heinous disease. All right, let's talk about your training. And, and let's first start with this. You, you mentioned that you were a swimmer. Swimming is an amazing cardiovascular um, uh, sport. And, and it's an amazing workout activity. It's a great rehab activity. When you started to run, did any of that swimming experience transfer over when you started to train? I would say definitely not because you go from something that is incredibly low impact to something that is incredibly high impact. Mm. Interesting. Okay. I see this is why I am not a runner and this is why <laughs> this is why my my one mile time last time I did it that was like half run half jog half walk was like 13 minutes it's just not pretty um okay so take people inside this you've you've never run a marathon before you've never run more than six miles you're you're you, you don't call yourself a runner what has this training process been like so first off for anyone who is listening who also may have thought about running a marathon but it's like i'm not a runner i've never run x amount of distance you can totally do it. If I can do it, you can totally do it. So basically, um, I have been following a training plan. The training plan is 18 weeks, and they also give you four weeks of quote-unquote pre-training. And this is one of the great things about being on the Dana Farber team is they put together this plan for us. So the four weeks of pre-training um, would be, 
be, okay, one day run for 30 minutes and walk when you need to, then run for 40 minutes and walk when you need to, and then the next day you cross train. Um, so it does that for four weeks to kind of get you built up to a certain amount of distance. So then you go through, okay, Monday you'll run three miles, Tuesday you'll run four miles, you'll cross train Wednesday. So they have you running a couple of days during the week, and then you do your long distance runs on step. And from the beginning, what the coaches were saying to us um, and all of the people who have done this many, many times, the most important thing is to, quote, unquote, listen to your body and not skip the long runs. So if you're not feeling well one day, or if something's hurting you, better to skip a, a couple mile run on a run on Saturday. So from everything that they said, the most important part is getting in those long runs. And what has it felt like for your body? Was uh, have did, did did you feel like you became in running shape faster, has this taken longer than you expected? Was it easier than you expected? What is the the ramping up of your running been like over this process? So I would say that it has probably, I would say it's probably met my expectations, if that's fair to say. So every time you do a long run and they build the long runs gradually so one week it'll be 10 miles the next it'll be 12 miles every time you hit a new distance that you've never done before it is such a sense of accomplishment you are so proud of yourself and you have the volunteers and your teammates to cheer you on along the way with that being said i am constantly because it is, it does take a toll on your body. So, you know, you think to yourself, hmm, my ankle hurts today. Is this going to be the injury that's going to put me out? Or right. is it just natural soreness that comes with running 30 miles a week and things like that? So, it's, um, it's been an interesting road, I would say. I've had, I only ended up in physical therapy once. So, not terrible. That's good. That was my next question. Um... And, you know, one of the things that is interesting uh, to me is that, you know, you, you're trying to stay healthy. And I would assume that when you feel something, you would panic and you'd wonder, oh, my God, is all this hard work going away? So I how how well have you listened to your body and 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 how well have you stayed um, healthy during this whole process because this is this is a lot of strain on your body that it had never felt you know before this process so jeremy you know me so well because absolutely one thing starts to hurt i immediately go into a panic but that's where the people who have run marathons before and the continuous reinforcement of listen to your body take the time off if you need to Sometimes you even just need a mental break because when it's hard for you to get out of bed and run in the morning, that's maybe your body saying, you know what, I need to take a day and not think about it because it kind of consumes you. It's all, it's all I've thought about since pretty much I got onto the team in October. Um, but in order to kind of 
combat those aches and pains. There have been some days, and and um, everyone who's done a marathon before says this is totally fine. There are some days where instead of going running, I go on the elliptical because it's lower impact. Mm. Or I do some stretching and cross-training instead just to kind of take that toll off my body of the impact. And that's been super helpful um, because it kind of recharges your mind, it recharges your body, and many of the people um, that I run with who have had kind of more intense injuries, they, they just do their workouts on the elliptical instead and they're still planning on running. They just do kind of the same intensity that they would if they were running, but just in a different way of exercising. Um, we're talking with my good friend Catherine who's about to run the Boston Marathon. You brought up running in the morning. Um, one of the things that I've always respected about people who run the Boston Marathon is you've got to train in some of the worst weather of any marathon in the U.S. Um, if you think about New York, it's in November. Chicago's over the summer um, or, or very early fall. There are better marathons to run when it comes to training weather. Um, this is not easy. Having to run through Boston winters is not easy. What has this been like? Have you been forced inside? What's been the scenario for you? So I feel very lucky that this is my first marathon because I have nothing to compare it to. So that's good. Um, and we have been very, very lucky in terms of weather this year. We've definitely had some really cold and windy days. Um, a couple weeks ago, I ran 13 miles in pretty snowy conditions, but for the most part, we've been lucky. Um, there have been a couple of days that um, have been kind of icy out, so instead of going out to run, and rather than being on the treadmill, which is just awful, I'd rather run outside in zero degrees than have to run for 30 minutes on the treadmill. I've taken it inside and gone on the elliptical and things like that. But that's, again, where doing it with a group is super helpful because you just bundle up and and you talk about how cold it is, but then, you know, you get over it. Yeah, um, that is that is very true. You bundle up and, and you push through because I, w- I would have to expect that at this point, because my, my, my whole thing about a marathon, right, is you're doing it for something bigger than yourself and yet you've done all these runs you've logged all these times you know all these numbers is there a part of you that wants to set uh, or hit a certain number or is there part of you that says i just want to cross that finish line i don't care what it takes and i mean i would be nervous over if i started to see times i was pleased with would I hit that time or not? What's your mindset and what's been the team's mindset as you've talked to each other about time versus higher purpose? So for all of the people that I'm running with who it's their first time, I would say for the most part, goal number one is cross the finish line. And that's kind of what I've been telling myself the entire time. Goal number one, cross the finish line. And Goal number two in my head is um, I would love to do it in under five hours, but I am purposely not kind of adding up all my mile times and dividing it by the number of hours because I don't want to be disappointed. Mm. Because crossing the finish line will be such a huge accomplishment in general. And
and you never know what might happen that day. The weather could be horrible. I might not be feeling well. So, so I'm kind of just holding that as my main goal for this first time. I love that. It's, it's, it's a freeing mindset. You're totally freed up. Absolutely. And I, because I know my friends are going to be out there watching me, my family's going to be out there watching me, I would rather have a couple 10, 15 minutes added on to my time to make sure that I hug my mom out there, to make sure that I high-five my friends rather than just focusing on getting to the finish line. I want to enjoy it while I'm out there. Totally. No, I, I totally get that um, uh, one, 100%. My last question on this is, um, and I don't know if what's normal. I've obviously never run. I've, I've, I've never trained for anything like this. Obviously, there's, there's, there's some parts of the route you, you can't run because either it's in a really public place or it's on public streets or whatever. But during your training runs, have you run parts of it that you can do? Parts of it that, that maybe during the marathon you'll be in the street, but this time you're on a sidewalk. Have you been able to run some of this, engage the slopes, and, and, and see what the different terrain will be? Or is a lot of this going to be, you know, just seeing it for the first time come marathon day? I have been able to run, I would say, I would say I'm familiar with the course from probably mile 13 to the finish line. Mm. We've done a lot of our training runs on the course, actually in the hilly area, because the Boston Marathon has a lot of hills. There's a separate carriage road that's not where the regular traffic is that we have done multiple trainings on. And you'll see, and as we've gotten closer and closer to the date, the, the, the route gets more crowded and more crowded. And it's great to see runners from other teams out there. So I'm super, super happy that I'm familiar with about 13 miles of the course. And actually, before the day, some friends that I've made and I were going to go out and run a couple miles at the start of the course because that's the area that we're not as familiar with just so we get some of those miles under our belts see how it is, see the lay of the land. Right, um, which makes total sense to me. Um, okay, uh, before I get to my final two questions that I ask every first-time guest on Teeing It Up, is there anything you would like to say? Anything else that I've left out? I don't think so. I just, again, if you're listening and you've thought about running a marathon, you could definitely do it. And then, again, just shout out to the Dana-Farber Marathon Challenge. It has been absolutely a life-changing experience. I'm so proud to be doing this. I'm, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so proud that, that, that this has had such an impact on you. Um, that, 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 is, that, that is just an amazing thing. Um, all right. Um, every first-time guest, I ask two random questions. They don't know what's coming. It could be anything. So here we go. Do you have any running superstitions? Like, have you tied your left shoelace before your right shoelace or anything like that? Oh, my goodness. Um, I am so OCD about before I go running. I eat the same thing. So every so before my long runs, I make sure to have an English muffin with peanut butter and an orange. I eat the same kind of pasta the night before. Um, I make sure that, you know, my left side is equally as well stretched as my right side. I wear um, certain earrings every time, so I have many. I think it would, I think this would take us another hour to go through all of them. <laughs> That's great. And the second thing is, are you somebody who writes with a black pen at work or a blue pen at work? Interesting question. I take my notes 
in meetings with blue pens, and then my to-do list, I write with any color other than blue so that I could tell the difference. Interesting. I like that. Yep. And on Wednesdays, I write in pink because shout out Mean Girls. Okay, then. I, I did not realize that there was a Mean Girls Wednesday pink connection, but I've learned something on this podcast. I've learned many things on this podcast talking to a runner for the first time. Happy to help. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much. Uh, she is running for the Dana-Farber Institute in the Boston Marathon on April 15th. Um, good luck. Have a blast. I hope you enjoy it. I yeah. hope you get better weather than last year, and thank you for coming yeah. on Teeing It Up. All right, take care. And thank you all for listening to, to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Have a good night. Bye.